Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to the Sanctuary Church. I'm so glad that you are here today. Why don't we give God praise today? Amen. I'm excited to be able to worship together in spirit and truth for all of our folks that are here in person. Of course, all of our folks that are joining us online today. We celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this morning. Amen. Aren't you grateful to experience the power and the presence of Jesus Christ every single day? Today is the day to celebrate. He is our risen Savior today, and I'm grateful and thankful that we can come together and celebrate and worship the Lord in this place. Amen. Welcome to the sanctuary today. So glad that you are here today. The sanctuary is a place of life. It's a place of hope. It's a place of love. This is a place to belong. And so if you are here today and you're one of our first time guests, even one of our returning guests today, we welcome you in Jesus name. We're so glad that you're here. Why don't we give our guests a hand today? So glad that you're back. Glad to see what God is going to do in your life in the coming days. Amen. And we are also glad to have the wonderful Clark family with us. So glad that you're here with us today. Why don't we give them a hand all the way from Cabot, Arkansas. They wanted to hang out with us this weekend. They picked a great weekend to be with us. Amen. Glad to see how God is going to minister to us. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned this as I began my sermon, and that was this, that us as guys... We don't like to ask for directions very often, right? Okay. Am I sure? Okay, I heard, it. I heard it. It's a true statement. That's all right. So I've got another question for the guys in the room today. How many of you uh, love to follow assembly instructions? Okay, you kind of know where I'm going. Yeah, probably not many of us. All right, let's continue. So there is this store up the road that will remain unnamed. It's this giant Swedish Superstore located at the corner here near the outlet mall. It sells everything under the sun, but their claim to fame is furniture that you actually have to assemble. Now, I've had the distinct joy of assembling several pieces of furniture from said place over the year, and I'm reminded of this one particular item. There was this a huge uh, five by five storage cube that we were assembling for Jude's playroom. Some of you have been in my house, you know what I'm talking about, this little this, this black cubicle thing. Well, I got to work assembling this wonderful storage unit. I mean, I set everything out. I looked at the picture. Everything looked great, right? Everything just seemed to work. It was great fun because, you know, with this particular said Swedish superstore, they have these screws and holes and they don't really fit all the time. So if you know what I'm talking about, yeah, they weren't really a perfect fit. And so when I assembled this beast of a unit, I felt as though I had scaled a mountain. <laughs> My wife came in the room and said, babe, it looks great. That's wonderful. You know, and then, you know, she did started doing some quality control inspection, which I'm appreciative of that. She pushed on the unit and discovered I did not anchor this to the wall. Okay, so you probably know how this ended up, right? So she was wondering, so why didn't we anchor this unit to the wall for the safety of our two-year-old son at the time? And I just, you know, honestly, so I didn't know about these anchors. I didn't know that was a part of this deal. And then she proceeded to pull out the assembly instructions that were still folded nicely in the plastic wrapper that came in the box. And showed me verse and chapter as the place, you know, where this is where, this is how it should have been assembled. And so really for the sake of safety and world peace in our home, uh, I picked up those instructions and I followed them 
to a T to anchor the unit to the wall in Jude's room. And can I testify today that that cubicle, that walled unit is still standing (laughs) in Jude's room safe and sound. So, you know, the moral really of the story is this, that sometimes we as individuals, we don't want to follow instructions, right? We just choose not to follow instructions, but it's always best to trust the process. Am I right? It's always best to trust the process. Now, a few weeks ago, I began a series about discovering, about finding the will of God. I shared that perhaps the most, I guess, question that is, that I ever received from individuals is this, how do I know what God's will is for my life? Has anyone ever asked that question? All right, a few of you, almost all of you probably at one time or another asked the question, how do I know God's will for my life? You see, we make our decisions and our decisions, they make us. And so the choices that I make today, the decisions that I make today, they actually shape my story for tomorrow. They shape and determine the story that I tell Tomorrow, And so if I'm honest with you this morning, I am not always a patient individual. Uh, You know, something like, you know, if I see a picture, I mean, hey, it makes sense. I mean, it's just a cubicle, right? It's just a walled box. How hard could this thing be? What in the world? I mean, but I just don't seem to have patience. And would I suggest today that many times we miss the will of God because we simply lack patience. Patience. And so today I want to talk about trusting God's process. Amen. I want to trust God's formation process. And I want God's will to occur in me so much so that I am willing to every single day learn to take that next step and follow the will of God for my life. Anybody want to journey with me today? If so, why don't we give God praise as we get started today? I want us to grow in this process of trusting God the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, it really is the hallmark of this series. And verse 5, it reads this way. Trust. Everybody say trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Everybody say all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding in all your ways. Everybody say in all your ways. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Today we're going to preach on this important thought. Decisions, decisions. Trusting God's process. We need to trust God's process in our life. Amen? As we get started, I think it's so important to understand that God is trying to do something in us, that we can't always understand, always grasp God's ways. In fact, God's ways are often above our ways, right? He's often above our thoughts. And we've got to be willing to learn and trust God's process in our lives. 
I think this is really exemplified in the life of the Apostle Paul. When we begin to look at Paul and some of the things that occurred in his life, I'm reminded of what happened in Acts chapter 20, where Paul's talking about this extremely emotional decision that he has to make. I mean, he was in love with where he was at the time. This was a place called Ephesus. And the people at Ephesus were his people. I mean, these are the people you want to play Scrabble with, okay? These are the people you want to go hang out at Starbucks with. They were his people. This was his place. This was his home. He enjoyed rubbing shoulders with these individuals. He would have been happy spending the rest of his life in Ephesus. But then, everyone say, however. (laughs) Then he feels the prompting of God to leave where it was comfortable for him and to go and be somewhere else. So he actually calls the leaders, the elders of the church and explains, God is moving on me. And we read this important happening in Acts chapter 20, verse 22. It reads this way. And now I am bound by the spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. Now, let me pause for a moment. You know, I, you know, when God says go do something and it's got jail and suffering and I'm not really sure. God, did I, re- did I really hear from you? <laughs> did I hear that right? God, where I'm going, it might not make logical sense. But what does Paul do? Does he simply walk away from this moment? No, he continues. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So it kind of begs the question, were there not people there in Ephesus that need to hear the gospel message? That's a great question, right? But that's not what is going on in this passage. What we find in this scripture is the Apostle Paul revealing these four steps in God's process of his perfect will unfolding in the life of this wonderful disciple. And I think that we can see this over and over again in our lives as well. If we are willing to trust God, God will lead us exactly where he wants us to be. Amen? So the first step is when we trust Jesus and desire for his will to occur in us, we need to follow the Spirit's prompting. I need to be willing to be led by the Spirit of God in my decision-making process. If I follow after my own yearnings and follow after my own ambitions, it will not fulfill God's will in my life. I want to encourage someone to take a step and allow the Spirit of God to guide you, to direct you, to lead you. The Bible talks about what Paul said here, being compelled by the Spirit. God is calling me to go and do something. Go and do something. Go to Jerusalem. Now, the Greek word translated as bound by the Spirit are the words dihonuma. Dihonuma 
It's a cord that's pulling you. Think of this cord, this thing that's actually pulling you toward something. It's a tug of war, but you're actually being pulled toward a direction. Dehonuma is a cord that's pulling you. It's being bound by the wind of the spirits. This apostle, this Paul, he's sharing this love that he has for the Lord and he's experiencing being pulled in another direction. He's saying, I was not seeking this out. This would not have been my first choice. However, I am compelled by the Spirit. There's something to be said when we are a Jesus follower, to be compelled by the Spirit of God, to be led by His Spirit, bound by the Lord, to say, God, you're calling me into something. You're calling me to go deeper. You're calling me in a direction that does not feel comfortable, but yet it is your voice speaking to me. God, I pray today that you will allow us to be released to your spirit today. Release us to follow, Lord, your will today. I know you've got your purposes and plans that are desiring us to do more things, something else. But God, I pray, let us say yes to your will today. In the name of Jesus Christ. This idea of being led by the spirit. We've got to be aware and we've got to watch for these dehonuma moments, these spirit-led moments. It could be something really big. I mean, it could be something grand, right? Something like, man, I can't even, can't even fathom this. And where the Lord just reorienting, redirecting our life. But sometimes it's something very small. It's an area that God's already talked to us about, but there's something that we've not let go of yet. And that one little piece of the puzzle will have lasting and, and a bigger impact in our life that we could ever fathom. Today, I'm calling us to be led by the Lord, amen. I'm calling us as the church of the living God to allow the Spirit's prompting in our life that we become obedient to the leading of the Lord, to be deeper in Him, to grow in the Lord, to take that next step, to go further than we would ever dream possible because it's so easy to stay in the comfort zone of the familiar, but God is calling us to take a step of faith. God is calling us and leading us to follow His will. And in doing so, God's plan will unfold in our life. Some of us are being prompted out of our own comfort zones here this morning. Perhaps it's something as simple as fellowshipping with brothers and sisters in Christ in a small group. Maybe it's starting a Bible study or joining a Bible study. Maybe God has been speaking with someone a very long time about serving or getting deeper involved in serving in the kingdom, serving in the community, in the church. I believe that we must be led by the Lord. Allow the Spirit of God to transform us, to change us, to mold us in His image. The Spirit is calling us to release ourselves and allow our gifts and abilities and talents to be used for the kingdom of the Lord. For some of you, he might be calling you to start a new business, okay? For some of you, he's calling you to serve in the kingdom. For some of you, he's calling you to go ahead and write that book that he's been nudging you about, okay? Write that article. He's trying to call us to something deeper. But the, the, the question is, will we respond in obedience when God asks us to do something. 
Are we willing to place limits on the tasks or the stage that God is calling us to to embark upon today. God, that you will guide my steps. Motivate me, God, by your plan and will. God, that you will shine a light into my heart and soul, that you might lead me deeper, lead me further, Lord, in you today. In the name of Jesus. The second thing to expect in this process of trusting the Lord is certain uncertainty. Go ahead and expect some uncertainty in life. Paul, he says he was compelled by the Spirit. And then he goes on to say, he does not know what will happen to me there. He's talking about Jerusalem. He knows he's called to go, but he really has absolutely no idea. He can't even fathom what will occur there in Jerusalem. He doesn't have the details. Now, here's the deal with us. Oftentimes, we as people, I love details, right? Show me the map, show me the details. I'll think about it. I might not follow the map, but, you know, I love details. You know, when, I, when God asks me to do something, God, well, so, so can you tell me a little bit more about what you're trying to do in me? There's this saying out there that says, um, maybe you've heard it. You want the truth? Well, you really can't handle the truth. And so God oftentimes speaks to us these details. God says, hey, you want the details? My my child, you really cannot handle the details, okay? Because if I began to show you all the things that would occur, you might not want to go. When my wife and I, when we started the church several years ago in our living room, you know, I wanted a detailed plan. I mean, I was trying to plan things, trying to figure things out. You know, I was like, God, can you show me the what? And, you know, and the where and the when and how, how this is all going to play out. You know, I wanted to do all the steps. I wanted a step-by-step process. And can I tell you that God didn't do that for me? <laughs> he never showed, I mean, he showed me steps one, two, and three. He showed me kind of those initial steps. And as I began to take those initial steps, God continued to guide my Life, But I will say that it has built my faith in this journey, okay, and continues to build something in me so I can be led by his spirit and trust his divine process in my life. Psalm 119, 105, it shares this. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So the word is meant to guide us as we faithfully follow the Lord step by step, moment by moment. It's not a a huge spotlight kind of telling us every single thing that's going to happen in the future. Because let's face it, we all want to know steps four, five and six or nine, 10, 11. But God's like, look, I'm going to show you steps one, two and three. There's a neighbor that lives right beside you right now that needs to know about the love of Jesus. I'm going to show you the need. And so now we're called to go do that, right? And then, you know, there's somebody at the grocery store and you've got one of your little cards with you that, you know, hey, come visit my church. And, you know, is it, man, I'm really struggling today. You know, they're in the checkout line. Well, hey, can I pray with you? Can I put you on our prayer list today? I mean, we've got a team that'll pray for you. Amen. Thank you for the prayer team, by the way. Why don't we give God praise for the wonderful prayer team in the house online as well. We'll pray for you. We'll place you on our prayer list. We want to pray with you. And man, if you would love to come join us for service someday, come join us online, in person. Come come and join us. Oftentimes, God is selling us this. He's telling us this. I am not going to show you steps three, four, and five. You want certainty? This is what God is going to say is certain. He will never leave you. 
He will never forsake you. The Bible declares he is as close as the mention of his name. In the name of Jesus, God is able to provide you the strength and the peace that you need for your right now moment. You don't have to look any further than this sermon to believe that God is with you. God is for you. He's got a plan to deliver great things in your life. If you will begin to trust in him, trust God's process, begin to pour out your life to the Lord, surrendering to him, he will guide you and direct you and lead you step by step, moment by moment. If you believe that, why don't we give God praise for that right now? In the name of Jesus. Let me share a little something that if you are living your life and it's not with a little bit of uncertainty at times, then you're not living by faith. If you've got it all planned out and figured out and everything just makes a lot of sense, then when it comes to the spiritual person inside of you, you're not living by faith because without faith, without walking by faith, that level of uncertainty, then we're not really pleasing to the Lord. Bible calls us to, to live by faith and not by sight. So when I am led by the Spirit of God, there'll be some things, in other words, I just won't understand. There's some things that are unknown to me, but if I will allow myself to be led by the Lord and understand that sometimes it might not make sense, but I will trust in the Lord. God, he woke me up this morning and he has started me on a new way today. Therefore, I will learn to praise him in the difficult moments. I will learn to praise him in the times of celebration. I will take a moment out of my day and say, God, I thank you for guiding my steps, for Lord, your spirit working in me, transforming God from the inside out so that I I can be pleasing in your sight. Amen. If I am being led by the Lord, there's some things that I just won't understand at the moment. The third part of God's process is what we see in Paul's life is that there will be predictable resistance. Predictable resistance. Can I share with someone today? Mark it in your calendar right now. Your enemy will resist what God is trying to do in your life. Anything God's trying to stir you up to do or concern, you know, try to move you to, the enemy's going to try to resist that. Paul says, all I know is that I am being prompted by the Spirit. I don't understand. All I know is I can serve Jesus here and right now. And there will be moments that it will be difficult. It might not make sense. But if we're going to know of every single thing before it happens, how is their faith in the midst of that moment? We have to know that if we are not ready to face opposition for obedience to the Lord, we're not ready to be used by the Lord quite yet either. If we're not ready to face opposition in serving the Lord, then we might not be ready to be used by God quite yet. I'm going to say it another way. You're going to face some difficult times, okay? And when you do so, something significant occurs in our hearts because your faith is elevated when we begin to learn to trust in Jesus. If I had all the answers in life, then I'm not really leaning on the Lord, but today I'm calling us to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your steps. If you believe that today, why don't we give God praise? Because I know God is calling us to understand that there'll be resistance in this process. One of the challenges, perhaps one of the bigger problems in life is 
It's not when we're not doing anything at all, but when we begin to face something, right, and we begin to hit that wall or things just don't go exactly as we planned, we think, well, you know what? I guess God's not in this after all. <laughs> the first moment of chaos or a problem, I guess God wasn't in this after all. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. When do you think the enemy attacks? Does he attack when we're standing still and doing absolutely nothing for the Lord? Probably not. He's already got you. <laughs> All right, come on, somebody. If the enemy already knows you're not living for him, why, why bother, right? But if he realizes, oh, wait a minute, this person's making a step toward Jesus. Oh, wait, wait a minute, this person wants to get involved in, in serving and reaching the world. Wait a minute, this person actually wants to be led by the Lord. If that is the case, the enemy is going to say, look, I need to somehow make this person stumble a little bit. But can I tell you someone and tell someone today, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Lord's Spirit. Amen. God is with us and God is for us today. He is going to help us in this process. The enemy knows that when we're moving and trying to do something for God, that's the moment he desires to cause us to stumble. Resistance is not necessarily a sign that you're out of the will of God. Resistance is often a sign you might be doing exactly what God has called you to do. I know the first time I was a new employee, I was working for a computer company locally, and I was in their sales division. Um, and I remember talking with someone about the, the will of God and the voice of God and the plan of God for their life. And as that was happening, what I realized that, man, and they said, well, you know, we, we got to get back to work. You know, maybe we shouldn't talk about Jesus at work. And I thought, oh, well, if you don't want to talk about the Lord, that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. But I'm not going to stop talking about the goodness of Jesus in my life. Amen. I'm not going to talk about, hey, because I know where I could have been without the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ working in me. If I began to testify of all the things I know that God has saved me from and delivered me from, can I tell someone that God has placed a joy in my heart, a peace that is long-suffering at times, a strength in me that sustains me in the middle of my midnight hour? There's something to be said about living for God and standing for truth and saying, God, I just want to be led by you. Look, I'm not going to be offensive, but can I tell you what Jesus has done in my heart and in my life? Resistance is not necessarily a bad thing today. Whenever we're being attacked, this, that might be the direct indication you're doing exactly what God has called you to do. The struggle that you're having today is often developing spiritual strength, okay, that you're gonna need tomorrow. If I don't allow resistance to grow me, then all of a sudden I miss out in what God is trying to do in me. Trust the process, trust God's process. In the early days, the Apostle Paul was a follower of Jesus. You know, he was probably the most dangerous persecutor of those that were followers of the way, followers of Jesus Christ. I mean, this guy led people and he would throw people in prison. In fact, we have accounts that this is probably one of the fellows that actually got 
Stephen Stone. I mean, this was a bad dude, okay? And then all of a sudden, he's walking to Damascus and on the Damascus road, this light shines from heaven and this man, he is blind and he falls to the ground. He knows it's a God moment. He knows it's his spirit moment, okay? Bound by the spirit, prompted by the Lord moment. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. In that moment, he realized, wait a minute, these followers of the way, these followers of Jesus Christ, they actually had it right, and I had it wrong. And in that moment, you would think, okay, I've changed my life. I've surrendered to Jesus. I've followed the Lord. I've said, God, forgive me. You would think at that point, this guy would have it on easy street, right? I mean, eyes healed, everything's just fine, everything. Well, (laughs) one would think that, but... (laughs) Here's what really happened. It's not exactly how that went down, and we don't have we have scripture about this, and we kind of maybe pass over this at times. But he actually spends three quiet but long years in obscurity in Arabia after this moment. What's he doing during that time? What's he doing? He's he's studying. He's praying. He's seeking. He's like, all right. Man, I'm ready to do something, Lord, for you, God. Uh, Jesus, I'm ready to serve you. I'm ready to go, you know, do this disciple thing, this follower thing. I'm ready to go all in. I am ready. He is ready. Guess what? Nothing happens. No doors open. Nobody wants this guy showing up at their potluck. All right, this is not the guy you might, as as your guest evangelist, hey, we've got the persecutor of the church here. He's going to be coming. Why don't you come join us today on Sunday? No, that didn't happen. So for three years, he's in obscurity. obscurity. And and what the deal is after that, we find he preaches this this sermon, this great sermon, so to speak, in in Damascus. It's so good uh, that the folks tried to kill him, (laughs) and he ran for his life. (laughs) How's that to a start in your ministry right there? (laughs) First time you actually get to preach, they run you out of town. He's running for his life, and this becomes really a pattern for his ministry but he finds ways to be faithful where he is. He supports himself by making tents. Now, I don't know if many tent makers today, but back then that was a thing, okay? In time, Paul's ministry becomes for us the most significant in the New Testament. Why? Because he becomes the apostle to the Gentiles, those who are not Jews, just like me and maybe many of you in the room today, okay? All of this happened when? It happened after studying and waiting and praying and running and making tents and then making some more tents and patiently waiting and waiting. Can I tell someone today, God has got his will that desires to unfold in our life, but we've got to be willing to trust the process. Don't worry when nobody calls calls you out and says, hey, I want you to come preach this particular thing or be involved in this area of ministry. But if we can be faithful to where God has called us, God will open the doors in his time. I want God's will to occur in me so that I can perform what he wants through me. God, let your will be done in me every single day that you will guide me and direct my steps. God is doing something in me. Everybody say he's doing something in me. The reason why is because he wants to do something through you. He wants to do something through you. The fourth thing that we see in Paul's life was this uncommon confidence. 
he had a confidence in the Lord. He had a confidence in what God was calling him to become. We've got to get the who right before the do shows up, okay? We've got to be who God is calling us to become. He is forming us. We've got to become who he's calling us to become so that we can do what he desires to accomplish in and through our lives. What the apostle is sharing with us, that even though there might be difficult times, tough times for sure, even though I don't have all the details, God, from you, my only aim is to finish the race and accomplish the task that you have assigned me to do. Going forward, what does the apostle do? He, uh, he does so many amazing things. The biggest portion of the New Testament is written by this man. He starts churches all across Asia, Minor, and Europe. How does he do this? Does Paul have a plan? Probably not really. Uh, he had a plan, though, to obey the Spirit. There's something to be said about we've got all these wonderful plans in life, strategy and strategic maneuvers, but ultimately, God, I want your will to be done in me. Guide my steps. <laughs> Guide my steps. Now, I'm pretty sure there was many things he had hoped for, dreamed for, you know, godly ambitions to, to, for things to unfold. But ultimately, his desire was to follow the leading of the Spirit, the prompting of the Lord in that moment. I know it's not going to be easy, he tells the church at Ephesus, but I'm certain that I am supposed to glorify Jesus right now. I understand I'm supposed to go and in doing so, I will glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If I'm preaching to a big crowd or a small crowd, I'm going to talk to Jesus. If I invite folks to my living room and tell them about the Lord, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Paul says, if I'm locked up in prison, that's the moment I'm going to worship the King of kings. In fact, I'm going to write about this great Jesus that I serve. If I'm locked up to a prison guard, what am I going to do? I'm going to testify about the goodness of the Lord in my life and tell them there's nothing that I can tell you. But let me tell you my experience in Jesus. He saved me. He transformed me. His light shined into my soul and it reoriented my direction so that I could see that I could see you and realize how much I just want to please the Lord in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm absolutely confident Paul was sharing that it wasn't about career. It wasn't about being known. It was making Jesus known. It wasn't about receiving some accolade from somebody else, but it was pleasing to the Lord. That's who he really wanted to, to please. I have a heavenly calling and the heavenly calling is to testify about Jesus everywhere that I am, every person that I meet, everywhere that I go. Is it in us today to testify about the goodness of the Lord? How does this apply to my life? What motivates me? What passions are in my heart today? What about our calling? What about our purpose? Let me encourage someone right now. If you're making tents, serve Jesus making tents. Okay? If you're waiting tables, honor Jesus while you're waiting those tables. If you're making those wonderful Chick-fil-A sandwiches and gorgeous golden fries, would you make those fries 
for the glory of Jesus Christ. All right. Why? Because there's something to be said about honoring Jesus where we are. Amen. Hey, if you're a stay at home mom, glorify Jesus by caring for your kids and family. Hey, if you're a high school kid or a college student, make Jesus famous on your campus. Testify about how great God is and what God is doing in your heart and in your life. How am I going to get from where I am to where you're calling me to go, Lord? It's when I get the who right, when I get my heart right with you, my motivation. That's when God will open the doors and lead me to perform greater things and the do occurs properly. When we get the why right, it's easier to discern the what. I don't have to worry when I'm being obedient step by step. Moment by moment, oh, I may have missed the will of God. Well, go back to that moment where you thought you missed out on Jesus. <laughs> go obey that and make that a part of your life and begin to trust that process. Go ahead and crack open that plastic instruction manual that you forgot about <laughs> because you didn't want to do it that way, okay? You thought you had it figured out with the picture in your mind. Go ahead and crack that open and figure out where you missed something and go fix that moment. And in that process, there will be healing. There'll be deliverance. All of a sudden, things will begin to open up in your mind, in your heart. All of a sudden, it's that moment where say, hey, let, take me back to that landmark, God. Take me back to that moment where I first found you. Take me back to that moment when I experienced your power and your spirit and I felt those tears rush down my cheeks because I know you were speaking to me you were speaking in my life You're, the wind of the spirit was prompting me in that moment God take me back to that moment when I loved you then take me back to that moment because I know you've got something in store for my life I know you've not forgotten me but for whatever reason I've allowed the noise I've allowed the things around me to cloud my view of you. When you are obedient to God's call today, you won't have to worry about missing out on what God has for you tomorrow. Be obedient to what God has called you today, right here, right now, and you will never, never, never miss out on what God is trying to do in your tomorrows. Why? because you're taking it step by step, okay? Divine direction, God's direction for our life means step by step, moment by moment, hour by hour. Where, God, you will lead me, I will follow you. In the name of Jesus Christ, let's stand. I want to be so sensitive to the Lord. I want to be so sensitive to God. This process of being led by the Lord, led by the Spirit, what it means is often allowing the Word of God, the Bible, the Word of God to speak to me. It's saying, God, let your Word speak life to me. Let your Spirit guide me. Let it direct me, Lord. Lord, let godly people begin to speak wisdom, godly wisdom into my life. And let me not just hear it, not just be hearers, but doers, right? <laughs> let me just say, hear the word, but do what the Lord is calling me to do. The challenge for everyone here today, here in person, online, it's that process of listening to God's still, small voice. God, what are you calling me to do? What are you calling me to let go of? 
Where are you calling me to stand today? How are you calling me to grow in you? Are there some things in my heart that I've got to release? Are there some things that I've allowed into my, my spirit that need to be released unto you? Let me allow your will to unfold. Let me not force the issue, but work on my heart today. Noticing in the Bible that every time we are obedient to the Lord, the Lord is faithful to bless. I'm reminded of that New Testament story of that fella that was in the boat and a major storm occurs, okay? Everybody's, man, this is crazy. <laughs> this is nuts. I mean, there's a huge storm and we see this figure walking toward us. Who is that figure? What's going on? One of the guys, they, they got all zealous for Jesus, all right? <laughs> and said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Just tell me. Come, Peter. Peter gets out of the boat, and for a few brief moments, defies the laws of nature, gravity, and everything that we know to be true about how water and gravity work, okay? Why? He walks on water. Now, some would argue, well, man, this guy, did he, I'm drowning. I mean, he begins falling, right? He, oh, he gets worried about the winds and the waves. He looks away from Jesus. And, but this man walked on water. There's something to be said about obediently following God. Because if you really want the miracle to unfold in your life, if you really want to defy the laws of nature and gravity in a moment, be obedient to the voice of God. Be obedient to the nudge of the Spirit. When God says, go to the left, go to the left. When God says, get on your knees, go ahead and get on your knees. When God says, go ahead and reach out to someone because I need somebody to reach that person that's beside you in that cubicle. They are lost. They have no hope. They are experiencing turmoil in their heart. Would you just extend some love, some compassionate love to someone? God is calling us to step out of our comfort zone today and be a light in the darkness to be the one that's allowing ourselves in God's process. A heart that's submitted to the Lord will desire for God to be made famous in our lives. God, that you will guide us and lead us and direct us. Someone in this room, you need divine direction. Someone in this room, you need spiritual help. You need healing. You need to be restored today. Can I tell you, I know the one that spoke the waves and to the wind and said, peace, be still. And in that moment, calmness occurred. Can I tell you about the goodness of Jesus and how he is able to transform a situation that has absolutely no answer and he can provide a way where there seems to be no way. Can I tell you about how great miracles, signs, and wonders can occur today? Absolutely, because it's happened in my life. It's happened in the lives of people in this room. Has anyone ever experienced a miracle in your heart, in your life? Hey, I can testify. There's a testimony in the house today that God is here and God is able to meet your need, but you've got to be willing to trust in the Lord. Today is your day to receive what you need from God.
Bible says this is our moment that all things when we pass away, all things will become new. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit today, God. Renew a love for you, God. Renew, God, that moment when I first found you. Renew something in me today. Take me back to that moment so that I can continue the process, Lord, that you started in me a very long time. Some of us, this is the very first time hearing something like this and you're experiencing Jesus in a way you're not sure about. Can I tell you, the Spirit of God is alive and well and He wants to speak hope into your chaos. He wants to speak healing into your broken today. He wants to provide you the direction that you're searching for today. But you must be willing to submit to the Lord. God, guide me. The Spirit's prompting me. Guide me, God. I don't know what tomorrow looks like, but today I know what I can do. Guide my steps. Deepen my faith. Help me receive all that I need from you in this moment. I've got to learn to hear your voice. I've got to learn to trust in your process. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I'm gonna make some final comments today before we find a place of prayer. I'm gonna invite you to come to the front to pray. You're willing to do so, fabulous, that's fine. If you're watching online, you can pray in your living room, in your vehicle right now. But I believe God is ministering to someone today. God is trying to touch someone, help someone, heal someone. But we've got to be willing to surrender to the Lord. We're gonna pray right now. We're gonna ask God to speak into our situation. God, that you will speak into our life right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for this day. I thank you, God, for all that you're doing in the house right now, for every individual that is experiencing your power and your presence. God, I pray, make yourself real, God. Show us your glory, God. Show us, God, your will right now. Transform us now from the inside out. If we've allowed hurt into our life, God, I pray that we can release it to you. If we've held on to brokenness, today is our day of restoration and healing. If we've walked away from you, walked away from your will, today is the day that I I go back to that moment and I pick up the cross and I learn to follow after you. Oh God, that you'll transform me now from the inside out. Let me be obedient to your calling. Let my passions align with your passions. Let my dreams align with your dreams. My ambitions, let them align with you now, God. Do what only you can do in my heart and life, I pray. Do your will and work in me. Renew me, transform me now from the inside out. I give my life to you. I surrender my all to you. Do what only you can do now as I surrender to you. Speak into my heart, into my circumstance, God. This is just me and you right now. Speak into my life, into my situation, God. I know that you're real. I know you're able to heal. I want to surrender my life to you. I want to be transformed in you, God. Make me in your image. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. In the name of Jesus. There are folks that have already come to the front to pray, amen, right where you are. If you'd like to come to the front, feel free to do so. If you want to begin to raise your hands and begin to surrender to Jesus, the presence of God is here. God is in this house and God wants to speak to your life. He wants to speak to your circumstance. He wants to heal you and provide you a hope in Him today. In the name of Jesus, let's all pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, let's all pray. In Jesus' name. Worthy of all.